Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to the call. We're so excited to have this opportunity to bring some really, really um, important health information to you. We have with us Dr. Michael Fitch. He's a family medical doctor in Alaska. He focuses on natural and complementary medicine techniques as well as traditional. Um, he's, he's very pro-nutrition um, as well as doing things to help with stress management and just a holistic approach to medical care. So we want to welcome Dr. Michael Fitch to the call. Are you on the call, Dr. Fitch? Yes, Erica. How are you? I'm here. I'm wonderful. Um, I'm wonderful. How are you? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Uh, and a great way to start the week off uh, the Sunday evening uh, with a a little bit of education to get us prepared for moving into the work week with one's, one step closer towards having ultimate health, as you call it. And uh, I like that title, so I, I like to use it as much as I can because ultimate health is what we all want. Absolutely, absolutely. And I just want to say that last week's call was just fantastic because you gave us a lot of really good information as it related to high blood pressure and heart disease. And um, just to give a little follow-up, um, since you did ask me to, you know, get on it, get on my game and get my blood pressure checked, which I am going to do, but I did a little follow-up research and discovered that heart disease is the number one killer of Americans and the number one killer of women in particular, which was which was just amazing to know that. Yeah. And, um, and so t- tonight we're talking about diabetes, and it's also a, a killer uh, high, of a high percentage of Americans. And so I'm just going to let you have the floor and um, looking forward to whatever it is that you have to share with us as it relates to diabetes. All right. Well, thank you, Erica. It's, um, you know, America, uh, our leading illness, our leading cause of death, is uh, is heart disease, uh, as you said. Uh, having a heart attack, having a stroke, which all start from, uh, from the assets of having high blood pressure, as most people in America like to think of it. But we in the medical world like to take that one step further and, and to consider that the high blood pressure is caused is is caused because of inflammation of the blood vessels. That's right, inflammation, meaning my blood vessels are irritated and they're swollen, and because of that 
because of that uh, uh, decreased size that's been caused by the swelling, that's why my blood pressure goes up. So we talk about inflammation as being the cause of heart disease, then there are other things that can also contribute to inflammation of the blood vessels. So not just a high-salt diet, not just high cholesterol, but stress, and a topic that we're going to talk about today, diabetes. Um, so I want to take, I'll take this a little slow, and Erica, as you and I kind of talked about, um, I, I want to spread this topic of diabetes out over the next couple of weeks. So I want everybody to um, get easily educated one step at a time. Yes, sounds so, good. Great. So with that being said, let's, let's kind of go all the way back to the beginning. Um, and not just talk about diabetes, but let's talk about hormones. Hormones are such a big topic, Erica. Uh, and we hear a lot about hormones um, in the news. We hear about hormones when it comes to our parents, like our, our mothers and grandparents who went through uh, menopause, uh, who went through uh, and say, oh, my hormones aren't, aren't like they used to be. But Whoever defines what are hormones? Well, if I could take your time for just a minute, hormones are fat, are, are, are composed of fat. They're produced from cholesterol, and these are the driving forces of our body. So anything that has to be, that has to be turned on, when the light switch has to be turned on, the brain sends out a signal to the body that circulates around in the bloodstream, and the way that signal is transmitted through the bloodstream is through hormones. And we've been living with these hormones all of our lives. Uh, let me give you a couple of examples of hormones. If you ever, when you first started growing, you wanted your growth hormone to, to, start, to start to help you to grow taller if mm-hmm. you wanted your um, if you wanted your your energy to increase then you wanted your thyroid hormone to start to increase as well mm-hmm. if you wanted to produce testosterone um, if you wanted to be more manly then you needed your testosterone hormones to circulate around in your body and for ladies you needed your estrogen hormones to start circulating around in the body. These hormones are the regulators. They're the chiefs, like I said earlier, that tells our bodies what to do. So one hormone in particular that I want to talk about tonight is insulin, our insulin hormone that also helps to tell our bodies what to do. And insulin's main job is to help tell our body to take the blood sugar that we just ate and to, turn, and, to, and to take it into the cell so that it can be used as energy. So major hormones in the body are very important. Without hormones in the body or an imbalance of hormones in the body, then we get a totally, new, we get a totally different message. 
So if we had all of our hormones in check and in control, then we, our bodies would function one particular way. And hopefully that's the proper and the correct way. But if we lose those hormones, if we lose or we have an imbalance of those hormones, then our bodies act a completely different way. And there are a lot of, there's a lot of ways that our bodies can become out of balance or our bodies can completely stop producing that hormone altogether. So just like any other disease um, that happens to our body, like any other deficiency that happens to our body, we can actually lose the ability to produce hormones, such as having that organ taken out. Erica, you probably have met or knows of people who have had their thyroid gland taken out, and now they, don't, they aren't able to, um, to, to make the thyroid hormone, so they have to take thyroid medication, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, just like that, we could also lose I know I have plenty of patients uh, who at one point in their lives have suffered an assault on their pancreas. And the pancreas is this little organ that is right in your belly button region. So if you, if you look at your belly button, about halfway up, you'll, if you go a couple of finger, finger breaths or finger widths above your belly button, you'll feel the bottom of your rib cage. So somewhere about halfway, halfway between the bottom of your rib cage and your belly button, right in that central area, lives your liver, your pancreas, and your spleen. And so your pancreas. So a lot of people have lost their pancreas for one reason or another. I had a dear patient of mine who was in a car accident and suffered a major penetrating accident in this area. And so their pancreas was majorly damaged. So as a result, that pancreas no longer working, that person no longer produced the insulin hormone that their body needed. Um, okay, so all... I just want to get clarification about this bitch. I'm sorry to interrupt. The pancreas is the organ that produces the insulin hormone. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. And you make a great point, Erica, because hormones are made in different areas in our body. There are some hormones that are made right in our brain. There are some hormones that are made around our other organs, such as our kidney. But for, the, but for what we're talking about right now, we're going to talk about the hormone insulin that's produced right in our pancreas. Okay. And so, like I said, if the pancreas is no longer working or we have lost the, the pancreas, then we have also lost the ability to, to produce insulin. And once you lose the ability to produce insulin, then you are unable to drive blood sugar into the cell. And these people uh, are now going to have to rely on taking outside insulin through shots, through needles, um, uh, and there are several different medications uh, that are used today to help a person to continue to maintain life. You can't have life without having insulin in your body. That's how important this hormone is. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't just regulate. It actually keeps us alive, Erica. Wow. 
Wow, that's so, amazing. That's, it is. It is. Now, now, now this. Now, I've, I also have had people who uh, have become so stressed, or who may have gained an infection that has also damaged their pancreas. So it doesn't just come because of a major accident, but there are other things that can also damage our pancreas and turn our pancreas off. And these, and these people are what, who we know to be uh, what we call type 1 diabetics. So type 1 diabetics, for the sake of this and in, in the future conversations, type 1 diabetics do not produce any insulin at all. Okay. Do you understand that, Erica? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So type 1 diabetics do not produce any insulin at all. The pancreas has, for the most part, 100% turned off. And so in order to continue to stay alive, these patients are going to need to take insulin from an outside source, meaning they're going to have to take a shot once or twice a day in order to stay alive. I have a, I have a, a good friend and patient of mine who's actually on an insulin pump, and this is a beautiful piece of machinery. Hmm. And so what this insulin pump does is about every 30 minutes, it, and it gives her a little bit of insulin, just a little bit, all day long. And whenever she goes to eat a meal or eat something or she gets ready to uh, uh, run because she's an she's a athletic uh, track uh, runner, she gives herself a little bit more insulin, to, and she just tells the machine to give her a little bit more. But all day long, her body relies on that insulin in order to stay alive and in order to continue to do her day-to-day activity. Is this a machine that is uh, surgically put in her, or she just has it with her all the time? She just has Matter of fact, it's it's not surgically placed, but okay. she does put the she she does put the um uh she does insert the the machine. It, it's always she inserts the machine directly onto her uh directly onto her skin. It's just a small little um like a small little sticky uh, or uh, 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 an adhesive an adhesive tape that has an indwelling needle that attaches to the side of her belly and mm-hmm. stays in place for the next three days. And so every three days she changes that insulin pump out. And okay. uh, it is it's really, really a beautiful uh, piece of machinery that, mm-hmm. uh, that allows people who have type 1 diabetes to have some normalcy and some function throughout, their course of their, throughout the course of their day. Right. Wow. Now, now, that's not the people who we know the most. The people who we know the most are our type 2 diabetics. These are our, these are our uh, patients whose pancreas is still producing some level of insulin, but it's just not enough. And there's a lot of reasons why it's not enough. Uh, so let me, let me explain one, one reason. The first reason is because the cell 
is a little bit resistant to the insulin. When you go in your in your mind, I know because we're we're talking over the radio, so just let me give you a picture. The insulin opens the door on the cell so that glucose can go in. It's almost like a lock and key type of network. Mm. In order for the door to open up, the lock has to be opened with the key. The key of access in this in this conversation again is insulin. Mm. And so if the if the body's lock on the cell is injured and is resistant to that insulin, then we're going to need to put more and more insulin into the body in order to overcome that resistance. That, that, that happens over time. Okay. That generally happens because over time we have overfed our cells. And so our cells say, hey, I'll, I don't want any more. I don't want any more than what I normally take in. And, with that, and as the cells start turning away blood sugar, as they start turning away insulin, we come up with the definition called insulin resistance. And that insulin resistance now prevents that excess amount of sugar that we're eating to go into the cell. So if let me give you just one more picture, just so that we can give a good understanding of what of what leads to insulin resistance. And again, I'm going to use another kind of visual picture, Erica. Okay. So today I went to the gas station. Do you drive a car? Of course. Okay. Can't live without it. <laughs> <laughs> and how many gallons of gas go into your car, Erica? My car can hold, I want to say, when I do fill it up, which I'm, I don't always do, probably about uh, 20 gallons, 20, 25 gallons. Okay. So most cars are somewhere between, most cars are about 16 gallons. And most okay. trucks are about 25 gallons. And most guys and, and most guys probably knew that. That was a trick question. Most guys <laughs> probably knew that question before before you did. Probably so, But but the 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 the, the 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 key is still the same. My car can only take 16 gallons. Is only have a, a fuel tank large enough for 16 gallons in my car. So what if I wanted to pump 25 gallons into my car? Would could my car take all 25 gallons? No, it would um, spill out. It would spill it out. Mhm. But on a day-by-day basis, we take in more sugar at one meal than what our bodies can than what our fuel tank can hold at that one time. So if I if I go back to that car and I say, you know, I really want to pump 25 gallons worth of gas into my into my gas tank, I can only pump in 16 gallons. I then have to go drive that that gas off in order for the gas level to go down for me to pump in that rest of that fuel that I want to pump in for the course of that day. Right. Now, 
Now, our bodies are, are beautiful pieces of machinery. And instead of completely cutting off or shutting off like that gas tank would, our bodies continue to allow us to pour in that extra amount of fuel, even though we're already full at that 16-gallon mark. Mm-hmm. So, so when we pour in that extra amount of fuel, then that extra amount of fuel has to go somewhere. So there's one of three places that it goes. In a young and normal, normally healthy person, when the cell is already 100% full with, with energy, with sugar, then the cells say, I'll take an extra 10 to 20% of fuel in. Isn't that, ni- isn't that very nice of the cell? Yeah. However, <laughs> <laughs> however oh, the second place that fuel then spills over is it goes to be stored as fat. So once it so, so once the cells say I can't take any more in, then the rest of that fuel is then diverted over to produce start producing adipose tissue or fat tissue. Now even the fat tissue has a cutoff point, and at that point, then the rest of that sugar just continues to float around in our bloodstream. And when it's floating around in our bloodstream, Erica is very toxic, is very dangerous. So if we fast forward and move about five to ten years into the future from this time that we have been overindulging or overfueling ourselves, then what happens is that the the cell who used to take that extra 20% of fuel in says, you know what, this is not fair. I'm only taking in 100%, and that's it. The cell becomes resistant, just like I talked about earlier. It becomes resistant. So that means I now have more fuel that is now going towards the fat tissue and more fuel, more sugar, that is now floating around in the bloodstream, again, causing more and more damage. Now, now that is what leads to type 2 diabetes, is that in the problem about type 1 and type 2 diabetes is that extra amount of circulating blood sugar in the bloodstream. And it's not so much because it's just um, extra sugar, but it's because that extra blood sugar is now irritating. It is an inflam- it's an inflammatory. And Erica, wouldn't you be surprised to know that the number one cause of death because of diabetes is heart disease. That extra floating blood that extra floating blood sugar injures the arteries and injures the heart in such a way that it, put, it increases your risk for having a heart attack greater than any other disease process in our entire body. Wow, that is really something because, you know, last week you spoke about high blood pressure being the silent killer 
not having symptoms, and you had to, you know, have your pressure taken to find out what your blood pressure was, whereas you're saying now that diabetes is something that is sort of like a symptom, but you carry it around for a long time and you have all these issues, and if you don't manage it, then it's going to ultimately lead to heart disease. Exactly. High blood pressure it, it high blood pressure is our marker. High blood pressure is the marker if if we go back and we talk about that car again. When the after a long period of time of abuse to the engine, the check light, the check engine light comes on. Right. That says that there's a problem. That's our that is our blood pressure. Our blood pressure is the is as it goes up is the is the signal that says, uh oh, there's something going wrong with the with my heart and with my blood vessel system and mm-hmm. I'm now at increased risk of having the disease. But high blood pressure is is caused by so many different things. Erica, if you are if you have if you can look at your next door neighbor, or you can look at the, or the neighbor that's beside you listening to this radio show right now, it is predicted that one out of the two of you will develop prediabetes or diabetes within the next five years. That's how prevalent diabetes is. Wow. We had our first wave. Uh, uh, we had our first wave back in the 90s and the early two, in the early two, 2000s of overweight and obese people. Now we're having the second wave of disease, which is prediabetes and diabetes. The third wave is coming around where we're going to see even more issues of heart disease as it is related to diabetes come within the next five to ten years is what is what's been predicted. So as we look and we start to realize what is it about this hormone imbalance that we need to understand so much and why is it so important that we get diabetes under control, we have to understand that diabetes is the number is is just there there are two people there are two people in this world who have the highest risk of having a heart attack within the next year or two, and that is the person who has already had one heart attack and the person who has uncontrolled diabetes. Those are the two people that within the next two years will have a heart attack, and that's the, the largest risk factor. So we really need to talk about getting our blood sugar under control, getting our weight under control, but most importantly, Erica, and this is something different, this is a different way that I uh, have found more success out of, it is really very important about getting our hormones under control. We have so many people who diet so strict, who diet so strongly 
who exercise so vigorously only to still have issues of not being able to control their weight and to control their, to control their blood sugar. And that's really because there's a lack of knowledge of what are the proper things to eat that can that are going to make my are going to replenish my body not the lack of things to eat because right. not eating can cause more damage than eating so instead of instead of stop eating instead of stop eating what we need to be teaching people are the proper things to eat and then yeah. the second aspect is how do I get my hormones back to the level that they were when I was in my 20s? Now mm-hmm. that they are deficient and on the low end of normal in my 40s and 50s, how do I get my hormone levels? How do I optimize my hormone levels to get back to that period of time at my at my ultimate health when I was in my 20s? And, you know, I'm very happy to be associated with the ultimate you in Concierge Medicine of Alaska, because those are the exact topics that we talk about on a day-by-day basis with our patients. Yes, and um, Dr. Fitch, we're coming up on the top of the hour, and it's almost time to wrap up, and I think it's a good stopping place because since we're doing um, a series, um, definitely a lot more information to learn about diabetes and its causes and its, its uh, treatment. And um, so we're, we're going to continue this discussion in more detail next week. Um, I just wanted to let folks know that we are so happy to have Dr. Fitch as the medical advisor for the Ultimate You. And our whole approach is holistic health coaching and helping people to understand what foods to eat, when to eat them, and why it's important to their bodies so that the the hormones and the regulators in the body is receiving what it needs to function properly. That's the whole goal. Um, and so we have a holistic approach, and we, we have all kind of programs. You visit the website, www.theultimateullc.com. We have um, programs up there that you can start your health um, journey with us, and and we'll be there to coach and guide you every step of the way. All the products on our website are high-quality, organic, and natural, powerful products that will help to support you in in any lifestyle changes that you have. And um, so, Dr. Fitch, is there anything else you'd like to say before we Wrap the call up. Um, no, you know, uh, if anybody has any questions or comments, um, please um, feel free to call in next week. Uh, again, like you said, Erica, visit www.theultimateullc.com, and you can look at the um, uh, under the detox, the seven-day detox challenge. We have all of our podcasts that if you missed our last week's topic or you want somebody to listen to the topic, all you have to do is just get them on the web page and they can listen to the same information um, just like you did. Uh, and, again, uh, if you have any, uh, I hope that your week uh, is started out great 
this is a, an amazing step towards improving your health. And so have a healthy week and a great day. Thank you, everyone, for joining the call, and we will see you, we'll hear you next week. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.